Scripture reading today comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 29. It says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the wind, winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law. Amen. So once upon a time, there were three little pigs. When they got old enough, their mom told them that they had to leave her house and build themselves a home. So they left to build themselves a new house. The first pig wanted to get it done quick, so he made the house of straws. The second pig brother went and built a slightly sturdier house made out of sticks. The third brother took a long time laying down the foundation and built a house of bricks. Then one day, a big bad wolf came looking for dinner, and he especially loved pigs. He saw the first pig's house and said, Let me in, let me in, little pig, or I'll huff and I'll huff till I blow your house away. Not by my chinny chin chin, said the pig. The wolf gave a big blow, and the first pig's straw house was all gone. So they ran away to the second brother's house. Again, the wolf huffed and the house of sticks were nowhere to be found. Then they all hid out in the third brother's house, his brick house. Again, the wolf gave a big blow, but this time the house did not budge. Angry, the wolf climbed up to the roof to enter through the chimney, but the little pig saw and acted quickly. He lit the fireplace and put a big kettle of water on it. When the wolf finally made it down the chimney, and wha-bam, he landed in the hot kettle. And that was the end of the wolf. I'm sure you guys know that story already. It's the three little pigs. Much like the pigs, we are building houses. Some of you may have had the pleasure of building an actual house. The only experience I have ever had of building a house is through HDT. HGTV and the Property Brothers, but we know building a house is not a 30-minute ordeal. We all may not have had built actual houses, but we are building homes, our lives here in this world, and we all face trials in our lives that leave us bare and broken. When the big bad wolf comes to get us and the storms of this world leave us bare, how do we allow the word of God to minister to us in our brokenness? Last week, we kicked off a new series called Digging Deeper, where we will be preaching and teaching on some of the principles from the book, The Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee talks about how to break the outer man, the parts of us we haven't had um, God touch yet, in order to let the Holy Spirit shine through. Next week, Pastor Key's going to finish, and he's going to be preaching the last of the series for us. In today's text, we meet Jesus delivering his last bit of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus starts with the Beatitudes, 
working through different subjects like prayer, giving to the needy, adultery, and etc., teaching all who gathered how to live lives as disciples, not as just religious people. He takes all the topics a step further and challenges the original teachings of doing to earn to being transformed from the inside out. Because the point of becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ isn't to act like we're God's children, but it's to be God's child. And here in Matthew 7, 24, Jesus is wrapping up his sermon. And we know it because he says, therefore. Anytime the Bible says, therefore, you want to pay attention because this is where he's going to explain to you the whole point. Verse 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is saying the foundation on which we build our lives matters to get us through the different seasons of life. As a carpenter himself, Jesus knows a thing or two about building a house and what goes into a good house. Jesus says it right here. In order to build a good house, you need a good foundation. Well, what's so important about a good foundation? A good foundation not only holds the house, but it keeps the moisture out, resists, resists movement, and insulates against the cold. A strong foundation is enough to support the load of the entire, entire building, and a well-built foundation keeps the occupants safe from normal weather and from natural disasters such as earthquakes, floods, and storms, much like the one we experienced just this past week. Jesus refers to the two foundation, rocks and sand, which is very fitting for this crowd. You see, the Sermon on the Mount was given near the Sea of Galilee, and the land was an alluvial sand. I'm not so good at these technical terms. But it, the land was on alluvial sand surface, which is like loose sand, sediment that had been eroded and reshaped by water, which is not an ideal place for building. But a wise builder would not be fooled by such conditions. If he digs down sometimes 10 feet below his, this surface sand, there he will find the bedrock that he can establish the foundation of his house. When the winter ca rain came, causing the Jordan River pouring into the sea, it would overflow its banks and the house built on this alluvial sand surface would not be able to withstand the season. But the house built on bedrock would be able to withstand the floods because it is deeply rooted in a firm foundation on which the house stood. The question is then, what is your life built on? Is it built on sand or rock? Jesus' contrast between the rock and the sand, it's a picture of the two foundations of life. First, the sand represents th the one whose life is built on false things. Jesus says in verse 26, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 
in these verses and really in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is challenging the crowd, asking them, will you continue to follow the Pharisees and act religious? Or will you follow me and make my teachings the foundation of your lives? Because commandment number seven says, don't commit adultery. But Jesus teaches that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully, ladies, lust applies to us too, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Or when you fast, don't let anybody know because your father sees what you're doing in secret and he will reward you. Jesus says just right before our passage in Matthew 7 verse 22 to 23, he says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. He is laying out very clearly for us that it doesn't matter how many good deeds you've done or how many ministries you've served on. If you do not obey the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to transform you from the inside out, then your foundation is that of sand and not rock. Because there is power in the word of God. It has the power not only to create something out of nothing, it has the power to heal and the power to bring salvation to all those who listen. On the other hand, the wise man who builds their house on the rock is one who is deeply rooted in the word of God. Psalm 1 gives a picture of someone whose life is deeply rooted in the word. And it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. Takes Blessed is the one who does not step in Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked and stand in the way of sinners. Sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they they do prospers. The psalmist is telling us that when we obey God's word and stay connected to him, we, we will be like the tree that bears fruit in season and who does not get blown away by the wind. I really like this imagery because when you think about it, no tree produces fruit every single season. Just because there's no fruit doesn't mean that the tree is dead. In their off seasons, they're collecting all the nutrients they need to be fruitful when the time is right. That's a part of its job as the tree. It's the same for us. As disciples of Jesus, we need to stay connected to the Father by studying and meditating upon His Word. One evidence of our fruit is how we endure the difficult seasons of life. Having a foundation on the Word of God doesn't mean you're not allowed to feel sad, distraught, or angry because these are all things Jesus felt too. It is how we walk through these seasons that will show what our foundation is. Because if we're not building our foundation on the word of God, then we're getting it from somewhere else. It might be the approval of your peers or how many Instagram likes you get on your post. It might be for some of us the approval of our parents or the happiness of your family. Or for some of us, it might be money and the security you feel when you have a lot of it. These things may give you a sense of stability for a moment, 
but it's all fleeting, like the loose sand the foolish, the foolish man built his house on. Because these are all things that cover up the insecurities we have of not feeling good enough and the anxiety you feel because the lack in your heart. After everything is stripped away, the life you built on the loose sand will reveal your deepest needs have not yet been met, and these things were just sticks and straws of your heart. What Jesus is teaching us through this passage is that a wise man who hears his word and puts it into practice is building his house on the rock, which is Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And if you go down to verse 14 of John chapter 1, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. What John is teaching us is that Jesus, what John is teaching us is that one of Jesus' titles is the Word of God. And in the beginning, there was, there was God, and then there was the Word of God who became flesh into the person of Jesus. So what is Jesus, what is Jesus teaching us? It's that it's, he's not just teaching us a good way to live life, but he's teaching us about himself. Jesus is saying, walk with me and make me your foundation. Because while religious standards change and culture changes, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can count on me. Trust me because I've done it all on the cross. We're all born into a broken foundation because of sin. Sin causes a lot of issues for us internally, but the sinfulness of others also cause us a lot of pain. Some blows are so big that it leaves major cracks in our souls. There are also lies that have worked itself to become the root of our identities. You'll never be good enough. No one will love you. You're too weak. It's all your fault. Before we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we just live that way, you know, because we don't know really any better. But after Jesus we recognize that it's not true of us. And often we still have a difficult time believing otherwise because it's so intricately, intricately embedded in our identity. In order to undo this, God has to break the previous foundation to rebuild a new one. One way he does this is by orchestrating our environment to break our outer man the unbroken parts of us that we have yet to surrender to God. As Pastor Bob mentioned last week, Jacob was one who experienced this type of undoing. He was left stripped with all, from all his clever devices when he wrestled with God. And at the end of the wrestling, he was given a new identity, Israel. But there's also another aspect of the breaking of the old and rebuilding that Watchman Nee says is necessary and that's the ministry of the Word of God. And I believe these go hand in hand because God's Word compels us and convicts us, pointing us to the right direction, but it also has the power to heal our wounds and redeem the things we thought we lost. So in the beginning of my seminary career, 
God started uprooting literally like everything in my life. I felt like he was tilling the soil of my life. So tilling is like a gardening term where you overturn the soil to lay a new foundation for the new crop. One major issue God wanted to uproot in my life was loneliness. I used to describe it to people um, that I was in a state of perpetual loneliness. As a middle schooler, I told my youth group teacher that it was better to be lonely on an island by myself than to be lonely surrounded by a whole bunch of people because that's exactly how I felt. No matter where I was, home, school, church, or no matter who I was with, I always felt lonely. If I was on an island by myself, then I have every reason to feel that way. My perpetual state of loneliness was one I couldn't explain. And, and it was a state of being more than a feeling. But I knew it was a lie. Jesus' name is Emmanuel, God with us. And if that's the truth, then I must be giving into a lie. So I prayed. I prayed real hard. Told God all that was in my heart and how much I wanted not to be lonely. One thing I prayed every time was, God, I know you're with me. You're Emmanuel, God with us. So help me not to feel alone. But I still felt alone. During this time, I started reading the book of Exodus because I think like one of my professors said that it was his favorite book or something. So I decided to read through it. And I was at Exodus chapter 6. And this is where God is telling Moses to go speak to Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. And verse 7 jumped out at me immediately. It said, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. When I read this verse, I felt like this was the verse that God wanted me to meditate on. So I took an index card. I wrote out the verse and stuck it over my drawer so I can read it when I'm getting ready every morning. As I started meditating on these verse, on this verse, memorizing it and praying it to God, it was becoming a part of the new foundation God was building in my life. Another one is Ephesians 1.4, which says that Jesus chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. This one spoke straight into my sinful past, to those sins that I couldn't forgive myself of. But Jesus says he chose you and me to be holy and blameless in his sight. And because of the redemption through his blood, we are given all things by grace. Obedience or practicing Jesus' teachings isn't just about doing the right things. It's also about resting, sitting in his presence, meditating on his word, and allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work that only he can do. When you find the cracks in your foundation or begin to deal with the brokenness that blow away at the facade of your stability, hold on to Jesus. Cling on to him. Read his word and let us saturate the broken areas of your life. He's waiting for you to come to him because he cares and he knows exactly what you need. If you'll just open yourself up to him, Give him your time and let his word minister to you. He won't leave you dry. If the praise team can come up.
What are you feeling today? Are you feeling anxious? Look to Jesus because he's got a word for you to stand on in Philippians 4, 6, 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Are you ready to go into some spiritual battle or any type of battle? Then put on the armor of God, which is the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet of peace ready with the gospel, shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do you need peace? Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's John 14, 27. Make Jesus the foundation on which you build your house, your life. And let the words of God minister to you in the broken areas of your life. Because the things of this world can't do what God's word can do. It doesn't have the same kind of power. It doesn't have the same kind of authority that amazed the crowds after he was done teaching. So would you surrender to him? Would you open up your heart to him? Because he's waiting for you. Because he cares. He's got a word for you. He's got the whole Bible talking about the love of Jesus. Would you, would you give that to him today? Whatever it is that is, being, that is untouched yet unbroken, would you give that to him and submit it under his word, under his authority, so that the Holy Spirit can do the work that only he can do in the midst of our brokenness? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus, the very word of God who became flesh so that we may know you more intimately. Lord, we open up ourselves to you, to the ministry of your word today. Let your word be the foundation upon which we build our lives. May we not be swayed by things that pass away, but may we cling on to your everlasting truth of love and grace over our lives. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.